This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing, how are we doing? And welcome to episode 148, episode 148 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you're doing great. We just got some terrible news. Bob Saget, a.k.a. Danny Tanner, a.k.a. Vince's neighbor from Entourage, just passed away. And, you know, I, I, I just want to be able to, to sing the Full House theme song to, you know, like, Whatever happened to predictability, the milkman, the baby boy. Evening TV. Anyways, but yeah, Bob Saget died. That's crazy. Rest in peace to Bob Saget. He must, there's, I I don't want to say like what happened or how it happened, but I guarantee Bob Saget was having a good time, whatever he was doing. Anyways, rest in peace to Bob Saget. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some super duper podcasts like A Chance to Strive, Music You're Missing, 30 Flirty and Surviving, It's Always Something with JD, Let's Be Clear with Kayla, Burnt Toast, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, Eat the Damn Cake, Those Girls You Know, Drinks After Work, The Marky P Show, Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz. You can also check out Big Night Breaks every single night on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram if you're into sports cards. And don't forget to check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday every single Tuesday with some guy named Timmy handing out free tickets to upcoming shows at Big Night Live. All right, let's talk about the current state of the Boston Celtics like we always do to start off the show. Aaron Neesmith and Bruno Fernando, they got sent up to Maine to play some basketball today. Neesmith looked good. Neesmith was out with COVID. They'll both be back with the team this week, most likely. And to the individual who was sitting behind me at the Celtics game the other night and was literally yapping about how Aaron Neesmith, who hasn't played in 10 days, if not longer due to health and safety protocols, misses his first three-pointer and the kid just absolutely rips him. Like, I wouldn't even do that to number 12. You know, I'm very fair. You know, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Anyways, uh, yeah. And then Peyton Pritchard, he should be back probably later on in the week. He's out with health and safety protocols as well. I think it kind of went through the whole team except for Jalen and Marcus, I think, are the only two. And, of course, Ime Adoka. I think like half the coaches in the NBA uh, have gotten COVID or are on health and safety protocol, whatever the case may be. So currently the Boston Celtics are the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference at 19-21. and 21. They're three and a half games out of the 6th seed, which is held by the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is still absolutely banana land to me. The Celtics are 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. Just awesome. Great stuff. Now, the Celtics would be 17-10 and 10 if it weren't for single-digit games. Yes, the Celtics are 2-11 and 11 this year with games de- uh, decided by single digits in the final five minutes of the game. Yeah, 
Think about that. You take away those 13 games, the Celtics are seven games above 500, but you throw them back in, and they're two games below 500. Absolutely ridiculous. Last week, they lost in overtime to the... No, was it overtime? I forget. Was it overtime? It doesn't matter. They lost to the San Antonio Spurs 99-97. They lost to the New York Knicks on an absolutely insane R.J. Barrett buzzer beater, 108-104. And then they beat the New York Knicks 99-75. This time they didn't have Kemba Walker and they didn't have Evan Fournier, who dropped over 40 points on Thursday night in Madison Square Garden. I couldn't miss. I think he actually scored more points in that game the entire time he was playing for the Celtics. It was absolutely insane. This week, the Celtics have four games, two versus the Pacers. Then arguably, they're playing the two hottest teams in the Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Chicago Bulls. The Pacers game uh, at TD Garden will be on Monday at 7.30, and then Wednesday in Indiana, in Indiana, that's a mouthful, at 7 p.m. And then on the second night of a back-to-back, they have to go to Philadelphia to play the Philadelphia 76ers. And then back home at TD Garden at 8.30 p.m. on Saturday night, January 15th, versus the Chicago Bulls. Now, What's crazy about that 8.30 start, it's actually a double dip at TD Garden. There hasn't been a double dip at TD Garden in a very long time. Little B's, little C's, a little fun for everyone. That's what I always say. Celtics in the afternoon. I'm sorry, Bruins in the afternoon, Celtics in the evening. Should be fun. All right, let's just take a deep breath. It's, it's been a rough week for Celtics fans. This Bob Saget news has me absolutely shook. Okay. All right, great. Today's topic is Ime Adoka and ball movement. First off, let me just say this about Ime. He seems like a nice guy. The defense has improved, which is something that I asked for in my season preview, and I, I, I love his honesty in press conferences, even if it's a little over the top, and even when it doesn't make any sense. With that being said, how in God's name do you put Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Smart on the floor together and accept Except, <laughs> expect to hit shots outside of layups. Seriously, how do you put Schroeder and Smart together on the floor, side by side, and expect the, the ball to go into the basket? Dennis Schroeder is a 33.6 career three-point shooter. This season, 33.1. So technically below average for him. I know it's close. Shut up. Then you have Marcus Smart, a 31.8% three-point shooter. This season, shooting 29.9% from three. Again, below his average. But then you have Josh Richardson, who's sitting on the bench, who's a career 36% three-point shooter. And this year, he's shooting over 40%. So Schroeder and Smart down, Richardson up. Now, listen, I understand that Marcus Smart has to be in for defense. Makes a ton of sense. I get it. And he has hit some big shots from time to time. I'm not going to take it away from him. I also understand that Dennis Schroeder has his nights. And luckily, those nights happened to happen while Jalen Brown was out in November. Because if it wasn't for Dennis Schroeder in November while Jalen Brown without, was out with his hamstring injury, this team's record would probably be two and a thousand. They would not be good at all. But don't, Ime, Ime Yodoka, don't come to the microphone at the press conference after the game and say you need shooting on the floor and you mention Josh Richardson and number 12 while your team is blowing another 20 fucking five point lead and you don't let either of those guys play. I don't get it. If you need someone to shoot the ball, wouldn't you put shooters in and then you're literally admitting that you should have put them in? What are you doing? If this was like November, I'd be like, you know what? It's early. It's January. It's literally almost the all-star break. This is bananas. 
something this small has to be recognized by him. Now, he did do a good job the other night against the Knicks. He did some more off-ball screens, got the ball in the post a little bit. Again, improvement. But I know everyone and their mother bashed Brad Stevens last year about rotations. And if you're not throwing that same type of energy towards Ime Adoka, you got some serious problems. You really do. It. You can't be like, you know what, we need shooting on the floor, so I'm going to... Uh, take one of my shooters, keep him on the bench, and then take one of the shooters who um, sucks at shooting and play both of them together. It makes no sense. But the only way that maybe Dennis Schroeder could score a couple buckets late or maybe Marcus Mark could get a couple open shots is ball movement, and that is our next topic, boys and girls, okay? The Celtics in the fourth quarter of this season are 27th in the league in assist percentage, and they are 29th in the league with four assists in the fourth quarter. That's it. 12 minutes of basketball. Now, the Celtics average about 22.8 assists per game, and they only average four in the fourth quarter. So for quick math, that means they're averaging about six assists in quarter one, two, and three. Why does it literally shoot down the toilet like all their poop sandwich performances are? I don't understand it. Move the fucking ball. Play as a team for the love of God. It's not hard. This year, the Celtics are seven and four when they have twenty-five assists or more. And if you listen to this podcast last year, I was obsessed with one stat: twenty-five assists or more. The Celtics last season were twenty-three and six when they did that. Twenty-three and six, and they're seven and four now. As far as I know, that's winning basketball. That is a winning record. Combined over these last two seasons, when the Celtics have twenty. Four assist. I'm sorry, 25 assists or more. The Celtics, this is absolutely an insane stat. The Celtics are 33 and 10. 33 and 10. So you know what you know what that also means? They're 22 and 48 when it's 25 assists or less in the last two seasons, and they're averaging 22 assists this season. So listen, I I went to Mount Ida. The college doesn't exist anymore. I know I'm not the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree, but I can tell you this right now. If you're 23 and 6 last year and then you're 7 and 4 this year, a beautiful combined 33 and 10, I will take a 33 and 10 record versus a 22 and 47 or a 22 and 48 record. Like it's it's about the hockey pass, just making that extra pass. You got to stop being selfish and Jalen Brown finally showed that versus the Knicks on Saturday night at TD Garden with his first career triple-double. And, you, and he was literally actually looking for other players. He had 11 assists. Never seen that before. You know, we have Jalen Brown dance parties every single time he scores five assists or more. This is this would be a rave. 11 assists? Are you kidding me? Like, we're, I, I don't even know where to dance, how to start, what music to play. Like, do we play, like, graduation music? Because I feel like he's finally growing up right in front of our eyes. I've, I, I don't know. But now, there was a report out after that heartbreaking, heartbreaking Madison Square Garden loss against the Knicks with R.J. Barrett hit that ridiculous leaning bank shot three-pointer. Jalen and Jason spoke to each other, and I hope the conversation went like this. Jalen goes, hey man, we are both unreal basketball players, possibly top 20 players in the league. We're all-stars. We've been through a lot together. Few Eastern Conference finals. We've lost some game sevens. We can do this. And then Jason goes, okay, cool. Pass the ball more and we can have success because I do that enough. Now, for all those haters out there that are like, well, Jason doesn't pass the ball a lot, blah, 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 blah. Jalen Brown in his entire career has 666 assists. 666, okay? 
Jason Tatum has 909 assists and has been in the league for less amount of time than Jalen Brown. So don't tell me that Jason Tatum doesn't pass the fucking ball. Now, should he do it more? Yes. Jalen Brown, in his career, has had one season in his six-year career where he has had more assists than turnovers, which means he turns over the ball way too fucking much. And if you've listened to this podcast from day one, thanks so much. But I've always mentioned I cannot stand Jalen Brown ball handling. He sucks at dribbling. He can't do it. He, The second a defender gets close to him, he just he can't figure it out. It's improved, sure, but it is still not good. But think about that. Jalen Brown has been in the league for six years. Five out of those six years, he's had more turnovers than assists. Now, Jalen, before the Knicks game, there was about nine games before the Knicks game, because that's actually kind of like when he came back and was basically 100%, because Jalen Brown did come back for like a game or two, and then they realized you're not anywhere close from being healthy. But in the nine games before the Knicks game on Saturday night, he was averaging 4.1 turnovers per game, 2.6 assists per game, and the Celtics' record were 3-6. and six. When Jalen has five assists or more, it's happened four times this season, and the Celtics are 3-1. and one. Jason Tatum has done that 33 times this year. So I'm not saying Jason is better than Jalen, blah, blah, blah. I'm saying if Jason Tatum can pass the ball as much as anyone else on the team, Jalen needs to do the same because it will help the team and it will also help Ime with his rotations because neither are working right now, okay? Jalen Brown, 11 assists. They wiped the floor with the Knicks. This is a good sign. Ime's offensive sets are painful for my eyes. I hate to watch it. It's brutal. It's in for anyone who was upset with Brad Stevens' offensive sets. I hope you are eating your words. But seriously, it is very, very important for Jalen Brown to score his points. No doubt. It's vital. It's also very important for Jalen Brown to defend as well as he does because he is a better defender than Jason Tatum, in my opinion. He needs to rebound the basketball. But guess what? Jason Tatum has had five assists or more 33 times this year. Jalen's only had it four times. And I promise you, at the end of January, if that's up to like 10, the the Celtics are going to have a winning record. I promise you. I promise you. Now, let's talk about stud and dud of the week. Hit the music. And now, it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, your stud and dud of the week for episode 148 of the Vanderbilt Podcast. Rob Williams, a.k.a. the Time Lord, he is your stud of the week. In the last five games, Rob Williams is averaging 10 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, and 4 blocks. So for those of you that are counting at home, he is averaging more assists than Jalen Brown is. Think about that. Listen, the Time Lord's offensive game minus jumping and setting screens isn't ideal. I wish he had more of a post-up game with a little bit of a baby hook, maybe that KG extended pick-and-pop elbow jumper, all that stuff. He is making game-changing defensive plays. Teams are slowly starting to be afraid to attack the rim, and I think he's getting better and better every single night, and that's all you can ask for. You, seriously, Rob Williams was great against the Knicks. He was meh against the Spurs. And, yeah, he was great against the Knicks both times. But in the last five games, 10 points, you're not expecting Rob Williams to score. 10 rebounds, that's what a center should do. Four blocks, that's delicious. And three assists. Rob Williams' passing is so good. It's so 
undervalued and underappreciated and needs to be used more. He needs to catch that ball at the top of the key. Guides need to backdoor cut, set off ball screens, the whole nine. That has to happen with Rob Williams. And he's been doing it. Oh, and by the way, he's shooting 83% from the field in the last five games. I'll take it. And folks, I'm very excited about this because I called it and I told you it was going to happen, but no one believed me. But the dud of the week, you know it was going to happen. You really did. It's number 12. He's back, baby. He's back. Worse than ever, baby. Now, I'm not really excited about it because I, we need number 12 to be good to help this basketball team win games. But in his last five games, number 12 is shooting 38% from the field and 17% from three. Like Romeo Langford can't even do that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course he can. But five points and two rebounds per game over the last five games, and he's averaging 26 minutes. Listen, you knew this was going to happen. Once everyone came back from COVID, health and safety protocols, when he gets more playing time, he gets more comfortable, as most players would. So I'm not going to bash the guy for that. But when he doesn't, he stinks. Oh, he stinks. He's real bad. And we need someone on this basketball team to make an instant impact off the bench, kind of like what Josh Richardson does. And he causes more anger in less minutes It's it's nuts. He contributes more with more minutes. He causes more anger in less minutes. I, he's always ready, so I got to give him the tip of the cap there. But Grant Williams, number 12, cannot come off the bench and stink for this basketball team. Now, I know a lot of people have been talking about, well, what if we change the lineups around and maybe Grant Williams starts over Al Horford? I don't know. Maybe. I'm not into it. But I'm not against it. I mean, something, something's got to be fixed. I mean, they're 19 and 21. Something's got to be fixed. I predict they're only going to lose like 30 games this season. That means they're going to have to go like a bajillion and nine the rest of the game. It's, well, I mean, the rest of the season. It's crazy. All right. I don't want to keep you too long. It's been a crazy week. It's going to be a crazy month. My birthday is next week. And the Celtics have four games this week. So let's recap them real quick so we don't take up too much of your time. Thank you for listening as always, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Simplecast, Podbean, SoundCloud, Google Play. I don't know. There's so many of them. But anyways, thanks for listening. So preview of the upcoming week. Two games versus the Indiana Pacers, who are currently 15-25 and 25 and 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. So how do you how do you prepare for them? Well, you got to start with uh, Sabonis. I mean, he dropped 42 the other night versus the Jazz in a win. But Rudy Gobert, Mr. COVID himself, has COVID again, so he didn't play. But Sabonis is their guy. 19 points a game, 11 uh, rebounds, four assists. He does it all for them. And Ime should throw a bunch of different defensive looks at the rim, whether it's Rob or Jason or Al. Uh, Jalen might be a little too short for it, but Sabonis can also pick and pop. He can hit three-pointers just like Miles Turner can. Not great, but he can hit them better than number 12 can. (laughs) And then they also have Malcolm Brogdon, who's a great point guard, who I would love on this team. Oh, would I love Malcolm Brogdon on this team instead of Marcus Martin. Oh, oh, oh. But anyways, the Celtics you got to keep an eye out for him. He always plays well against them for some reason. He didn't play in the last game with a little bit of an Achilles injury, so if he doesn't if he doesn't play, that's obviously a huge advantage for the Celtics. Miles Turner, he wants out of Indiana. Half the Celtics fan base wants him. The other half would rather jump off the Zakem. But if he wants to be traded and he thinks Brad Stevens can make a trade for him, this is a good way to impress him, to have a really good game against a team where Brad Stevens goes... 
Wow, can you imagine having Miles Turner and Rob Williams on the floor together instead of Rob Williams and Al Horford? That'd be interesting. But is Miles Turner the right locker room guy? Because we know this team needs, like, one little thing goes loose and it, everything will just crumble, especially with this locker room. It's absolutely ridiculous. But this is one of those teams that's in complete shambles. And I can see a split. You know, you win at home, you lose on the road, but please just prove us wrong and win a couple in a row here. I think the Celtics offense was clicking on all the right terms or terms, turns, whatever. The the offense was clicking in that next game on Saturday. Continue that. K- keep the ball moving. Stay happy. Enjoy playing with each other. Please don't lose to the Pacers twice. I mean, you should beat them both times. They suck. And then, of course, once you're done with the Pacers, then you have to go to the uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, who've won six games in a row. And you beat them earlier this year. You lost to them recently. The only reason why you lost to them recently was because uh, Joel Embiid went off. He absolutely went off. But Rob Williams and Al Horford weren't playing. They were both out for COVID, I believe. Or Rob had like a back injury or it was a personal reason. Either way, neither of them were playing. So that should be an instant help because the last time Rob and Al played, Joel Embiid sucked. I'm not worried about... Tyree, uh, Tyrese Maxey or uh, Seth Curry, but Embiid, he's going to beat you. And hopefully Tobias Harris is off because he can beat you too. Once Tobias Harris gets going, good fucking luck. They're a tough team to beat. But the 76ers, they've won six games in a row. They're playing very well. Joel Embiid's looking like an MVP candidate. And listen, they don't move the ball around a lot either. So you got to make them work on defense, tire them out, especially Embiid, you know, because as great as Embiid is, his physical condition is always just something that I think a lot of people in the in the league, a lot of fans, a lot of writers, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, I think a lot of people still feel like he's not great conditioning. And the Celtics play with a very slow pace. They're one of the slowest playing teams in the league. So get that ball and run, 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 run for the love of God. And speaking for the love of God, you're going to need all the help from God. Um, because on Saturday night, you have the Chicago Bulls. Last time you played them, you blew that 19-point lead where every single Celtics fan I thought was going to lose their shit, myself included. The Chicago Bulls have won nine games in a row. They're just playing like one of the best teams in, in the NBA. They aren't going to have Caruso or Javante Green due to COVID protocol, so that's a little bit of a help. But you have to decide which one of the three-headed monsters you're going to go after. So you have DeMar DeRozan, who's hit back-to-back buzzer beaters a couple weeks ago. You could argue is an MVP candidate. Zach Levine can score on a dime. He can shoot the ball well. He can attack. He can jump through the, literally jump through the ceiling. And then Rob and Al have to be physical against Vujicic. So it's very tough on, you know, if if you're talking about the Patriots who lost earlier today, if you're talking about them, Belichick always tries to take away one thing from the team that they're playing against that's really good. Which one do you do? Do you do Levine? Do you do DeRozan? Do you do Vujicic? I don't know. But I'm going to end the podcast on this note, okay? And I hope you've enjoyed it. (sighs) The Chicago Bulls are the best three-point shooting team in the NBA based on percentage. They make like 39, almost 39% of their threes per game. The Celtics are 23rd in the league. The Celtics stink at three-pointers. So everyone just needs to say it with me, okay? For the love of God, please don't try and outshoot the Chicago Bulls and because you will go 4 out of 41 again and I can't fucking stand to see another mystery pointer from this basketball team anymore. I can't do it. I can't do it. But that's it 
for episode 148 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, rest in peace to Bob Saget. I hope everyone has a great week. Please stay healthy. Keep wearing your masks. Wash your hands. Go get vaccinated. All that good stuff. It's been a pleasure talking to you all. As always, we'll talk to you next week. The Celtics have a 12.30 in the afternoon home game. So I don't know if I'm going to do it next Monday or next Tuesday. But either way, stay tuned on Instagram at BannerBanter18. No, that's not my Instagram thing. What an idiot. You were having such a good podcast and then you mess it up. Should you edit this? No, probably not. But find me on Twitter, the Twitter machine. I love Twitter, at BannerBanter18 and on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast. That's what I was supposed to say correctly. So that's it. I'm going to shut up. Have a great week. Have a great day. Have a great night. Have a great life. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.